climate change, poverty, mental health, young people and adults face a world of constant change. It's the connections we make, innovations and education that come together to help us make a difference. Welcome to the power of young people to change the world. In this program, we bring together leaders that share stories designed to inspire you to serve, learn, and change the world. Now, here's your host, Amy Muirs. Welcome to the Power of Young People to Change the World. I'm your host, Amy Muirs, and I'm here every Thursday on Voice America Empowerment Radio, where we explore how young people are using their ideas, creativity, and passion to shape a better world and how educators can utilize the power of service learning to redesign education. Today's show, we're going to discuss social and emotional learning and service learning. Um, CASEL, the Collaborative for Academic Social and Emotional Learning, they define social emotional learning as the process through which all young people and adults acquire and apply the knowledge, skills, and attitudes to develop healthy identities, manage emotions, and achieve personal and collective goals, how we feel and show empathy for others, establish and maintain supportive relationships, and make responsible and caring decisions. So social and emotional learning and service learning, they're like peanut butter and jelly. They go hand in hand to prepare students for the real world. Um, these two practices, they come together, they prepare students as committed and caring members of society. About a week ago, and if memory serves, I'm pretty sure it was April 13th, um, a new report was released by Civic. Um, Civic's this bipartisan company that's working to advance new ways of solving um, emerging problems. So. They did this report and it was funded by the Allstate Foundation and it included results from two nationally represented surveys. So um, it concluded that both teachers and parents, so teachers and parents, two big categories, believe that service learning and social emotional learning are important to student success. And it even that it's even more essential since um, schooling has undergone such a transformational shift since the beginning of this pan pandemic. So the report contains several key findings and we're gonna touch on those um, throughout the hour. But first I need to introduce you to an expert in social emotional learning, Karen Van Osdahl. Um, she's the Senior Director of Practice um, at CASEL. So Karen, welcome to the show. <laughs> Um, I would love for you to share a little bit about your background, um, some of the work that you do, um, and what led you to Castle. Well, thanks so much, Amy. Thrilled to be here, and particularly thrilled to be here with young people who know the most about this in their lives and in their schools. Um, but yeah, I am a lifelong educator, so really have, even as a young person, was always teaching, working with younger kids. Um, I started my career as an elementary school teacher of reading and math and you know, I certainly cared about the reading and math development of my students, but really found that what I most cared about was the type of human beings they were becoming and how they were interacting with one another and how they saw the world around them and, um, and figured out that that's actually a field called social emotional learning. So, you know, I have applied myself to that passion ever since um, and have studied policy and education and human development um, and then was able to design SEL programs uh, in an organization with the Boston Public Schools and 
actually, this brings me back to my roots because part of what those programs included was an aspect of service learning. And so we were building modules and really understood even then that SEL was very much linked to service learning. Um, and I had the good fortune of working in Chicago public schools for about a decade. I got to start, there is a large department for social emotional learning in Chicago and in a number of large school districts across the country, um, really devoted to SEL. So I was able to begin that department and start as director of that department um, and sort of build a really systemic approach to SEL in Chicago. Uh, and then joined Castle. I worked with Castle when I was in Chicago and then got to switch over to work with Castle, who, you know, we really support school districts across the country that are trying to build SEL into the fabric of what they do, not just a 20 minute lesson or program, but really into everything they do for adults and for young people, um, the way their policies and programs and structures are built. So it's a little bit about me. That's Amazing. Um, you've worked at some very large school districts. And I love that you said um, that, um, you know, SEL is really, you know, your passion was around um, the type of hum human beings um, that we want to become. So um, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, today joining us as well are some students from the Edina 212 Leadership Group from Edina High School here in Minnesota. And they've been engaging in the service learning process over this past school year. So we have um, Anna Leash, who's a freshman and one of the 212 student ambassadors. Um, she's also the founder of her own organization, Card for Soldiers, that sends cards and care packages overseas. We also have Annika. Um, she's been a member of the leadership group since her sophomore year. And she loves bringing opportunities for community leadership to her school and community. So then along with Annika and Anna Lee, we have Lizzie. Um, Lizzie is one of the new members of the cabinet. Um, she's been part of the group since her freshman year. And one of her favorite community partners is Open Arms of Minnesota, um, which hopefully we're going to hear a little bit more about. And then rounding out our group, last but not least, is Koi. Um, Koi is also on the 212 Leadership Cabinet. Um, he's a soccer player and um, a alto saxophonist. So welcome each of you to the show. We're so glad that you could be here with Karen and I today. So Annika, um, I would love for you to talk a little bit more about 212. What do you guys do? What's what's uh, 212 Leadership Group all about? Um, so a little bit about us is we are a student-led uh, leadership club at Edina High School. Um, this year, we have five cabinet members and 300 members in the club. Um, the five cabinet members are myself, Koi, Annalie, and Lizzie, and Aiden, who, can, who unfortunately couldn't make it today. Um, and some of our responsibilities are creating new and exciting ways for us to bring service learning opportunities to Edina High School for the students there and for the teachers and anyone else in the community. We've been, 212 has been a club for about 10 years now. And one of our big things we strive to do is create youth and adult relationships throughout the school. And we've done a, a lot of that this year and we've created a lot of, um, great relationships with the administration, which really helped us create more opportunities. And also 
if you were wondering, 212, the name meeting meaning is a little like quote kind of. Um, so at 211 degrees, 211 degrees, water is hot. At 212, water is boiling. With boiling water comes steam, and with steam comes power, can power a train. That one extra degree makes a difference, and we want to be that one extra degree in our community. That is an awesome definition and puts a lot of meaning behind the title 212. So thank you, Hanukkah, for sharing that. Um, so Koi, um, I'm wondering, so we're talking about, um, I heard um, building relationships and service learning. Why are groups like yours so important in high school? Well, I just think clubs in general are super important in high school and college just to meet new people and meet friends. Uh, one thing unique about many clubs at Edina anyway is that you can meet a lot of different people from a lot of different grades that you wouldn't normally know. But uh, the difference that our club incorporates that many do not have is that we're completely open. I'd say we're the most inclusive club in the entire school. Um, I know a lot of different, like, obviously sports teams or tryouts and like Model UN and like college applications. I know that's not really a club, but still, like, there's still a ton of written applications and tryouts and barriers that people have to go through in order to join said clubs. But for us, that's just not the case. We have a big club fair. Uh, I think it's in early fall and kids can literally just come up and write their name down and write down their phone number and we'll add them to a group chat through GroupMe and bam, they're in the club. And I think one difference, another difference that our club, like a group like this provides for a lot of different kids out there is that obviously high schoolers aren't the most motivated people in the world. So when they join a club like model UN and they're not fully there, they're not fully committed. It's really hard to stay engaged. Whereas with us, they can really choose their level of participation and they can come to the functions that they want to and then they can skip others. But regardless of how, however many they show up to, they're a part of our club. And I think just being a part of this community and like learning how to help people is really valuable for high schoolers. I love that. So your club and clubs like yours um, are really creating that sense of belonging and caring within the, within the high school. Um, so definitely connects to social emotional learning, which we're going to talk about here. Um, Karen, we have about, um, three minutes before break. And so I'm just wondering if you could share a little bit more about um, how social emotional learning um, connects to the development of our students today. Sure. And you did a really nice job of summarizing what social emotional learning is. So we really talk about those five core competencies of self-awareness, self-management, relationship building, responsible decision-making, and social awareness. And you know, I think the research has shown that what ultimately helps us to be healthy, happy, you know, as these young people are about to go to college, what actually helps you persist through college or be successful in your career is really about social emotional learning. And certainly these skills help us to create more just communities. So I think if we take a full view of what the development of young people is, SEL is really core to their uh, well-being and their health and success in life. Um, and we know they're teachable. We know they develop over time. And, you know, we're talking about skills like taking turns in preschool or 
knowing how to express emotions in elementary or navigating more complex social situations in middle or high school. Um, and really getting to know who you are. So your identity development, your sense of agency, your ability to affect change with others like 212 is doing, all of those are social emotional skills. Wonderful. Um, we're going to take a short break. Um, and then when we return, we're going to continue our conversation on social emotional learning. And we're going to make that connection to service learning. So stay with us on the power of young people to change the world. Voice America Empowerment Radio. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit NYLC.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Today I'm joined by high school students from Medina's 212 Leadership Group and social emotional learning expert from Castle, Karen Von Osdahl. Again, thank you all for joining me here today. So, Karen, um, right before we went to break, um, you were talking about the role that social emotional learning plays in the development of our young people. Um, I'm wondering if you can help connect the dots between social emotional learning and service learning for us. Yeah, and there is so much um, to connect there. I think they really support one another in both directions. So, you know, as we think about our definition, and actually Castle just updated our definition of SEL and really talked about um, the ways in which SEL connect to your identity development, connect to your ability to engage in collective problem solving for you to 
recognize how others are affected by individual interactions, by system interactions, depending how old you are, um, and then the ability to work, actually work with someone else to solve problems together to figure out, huh, what are my strengths that I can bring to this? What are, how can I build the relationships I need to bring other strengths into a solution to a problem that I've recognized? How do I even get curious about problems that I see? All of those are social emotional skills. And I think service learning is such an incredible way for students to really feel that they can impact um, changes in you know, whether it's their school, their community, or even the nation at large, that this is a chance for them to exercise those skills in really real context. So such an incredible marriage between the two. Thank you. Um, I also think um, we talked a little bit, um, our friends from Edina talked about um, those relationships that they were building. So um, Annalie, um, can you tell us about some of your service learning experiences? What have you guys done as a team? Yeah, thank you. So Lizzie and I have been in 212 since we were freshmen and we're currently seniors. So that is four years filled with service inside the community of Edina, inside our high school and out. And so as a team, we all bring little things like Lizzie and I, for example, since we have been in 212 for so long, we have all of the past four years cabinets all the things that they've done that we can bring to this year and to new students in our club. But then because we there's five of us as the cabinet, we also have members that are new to 212 on cabinet that bring fresh ideas and new ideas for us to give to the, um, the members. Like Annika mentioned, there are 300 members outside of the five cabinet members so we like to bring a bunch of different ideas and different service projects to everyone. At the beginning of the year, Julie, our leader, our youth partnership, has um, had us do a leadership compass. And I learned that I was a North leader, which means that I am someone that is really just likes to get everything done. And I really like to plan ahead. So with that, I learned that my other cabinet members may not be the same type of leader as I am. So we really use our leadership types to work together and to make everyone feel welcome and to come up with lots of different ideas and service for the community and for each other. Wonderful. I love the leadership compass. Um, I will tell you, I scored equally across all directions except for um, West, which was like two points less. So apparently um, I pull from whichever strength I need at any given time. But um, I love that you know that you're a North and that you like to take charge and, and be organized. So that's wonderful. Um, Lizzie, um, how about, do you want to share just a little bit more about some of the service learning that you guys have done? Yeah. So going off of Annalie, I think one of the greatest things we've done is as well as as creating an environment where we learn about our personal strengths we also have created a really supportive environment that allows us to grow beyond that and use those what we know about each other and our strengths to fuel our passion for service so if someone is really excited about doing something particularly for a service project we really aim to create a supportive and helpful environment that 
let them not only try this service project, but also thrive and create a really successful um, project for our community. So for example, Koi was instrumental in planning a sandwich drive earlier in the school year. Annalie put together a virtual card drive for sending appreciation notes to teachers. And Annika put together a virtual book reading for elementary school students. So I think allowing each other to really dive into our passions while also having a community where in a team where you could come back and talk about maybe some obstacles that you faced and helping each other get around those, having a supportive environment has really let us not only grow personally, but also grow as a team. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, so Karen, I think you can hear from, from our 212 leadership team um, some of the amazing social emotional growth that they're experiencing through service learning, um, whether it's that personal strengths, that passion, finding their voices, building relationships. Um, so there was just a, that new report that um, was, was released by Civic um, that I spoke about at the opening of the show. Um, can you speak to that report a little bit? Kind of what recommendations that um, that jumped out to you about moving SEL and service learning forward? Yeah, it was a, some great insights there. I think, and uh, you know, one big one that stands out to me is really, you know, listening to uh, these students speaking. You know, well, how do we re envision what success is and think about success for our students and for our schools really more holistically, so that these types of skills that you and the young people were just describing are part of our vision of what it means to really have a effective education. Um, and then I think a huge one and certainly a huge one that we've talked about in the SEL field too is just allowing the time and space for this type of instruction to take place and for educators to feel prepared and supported to do this type of instruction that may you know, ask them to let go of a little bit of control and to let young people really lead and push into new areas of learning. And um, how do we really value and make clear that we uh, value that type of learning and experience for students? Was there anything that um, that you read in the report that surprised you? You know, a lot of it really resonated with me. I think um, we have certainly seen that this incredible demand from teachers and parents that this is what we want our young people to experience. This is what we want to be teaching as teachers. Um, I think I was a little alarmed by the low percentage of teachers that think school is preparing students for the real world. I think it was one out of 10 teachers says, you know, yes, what, what we're doing is really preparing our students and feeling meaningful to them. And I think that's such an urgent call to me. It's something that we need to address as a field. Um, I will put an exclamation point on that just to underscore what Karen just said. One in 10 teachers said th or responded that they felt we were preparing our young people for the real world. So we have to change something, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if not now, when, right? Right. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to ask Annika, um, we'll circle back to her. Um, what are the opportunities and experiences that you think youth need to achieve success? And how can those be addressed through service learning? Um, especially, well, in my point of view, I would say, especially with 212, we kind of brought new and like 
service learning opportunities to our community just because majority of the students don't tend to go out and look for service learning opportunities. So with our um, place in our community, we are allowed to like share what we think and give out those opportunities to us. And with those community opportunities, we get to use our like empathetic side and like help people that really need to be helped. And we get to help them by sharing what's going on and uh, telling what the problem is and having it like be more known. That's, that's a really great answer, right? Like, so thinking about um, tying it back to that vision for success um, that Karen was talking about. Lizzie, um, I'm going to ask you the same question. Um, what are those opportunities um, that you see that students need so that, that we can be successful? Yeah, so kind of touching on what you guys talked about, being able to have students connect to what's happening in the real world. At the beginning of this school year, we sent out a survey asking our student or asking our members what they would want to do in our communities. And a lot of them responded to helping with real world problems, whether that be COVID or addressing that within our community. So I think it opened our eyes to the fact that so many students want to help in these issues, but it's difficult to get started when it feels like such a big issue. So this year, for example, to help our members feel like they have a part in the fight against COVID, we held a mask like face shield drive and we handed out packs where they could make their own face shields and um, then sent them to under-equipped um, communities. And I feel like that really helped us um, realize that us and as members realize that we can make an impact in the world, even if it feels small in the scheme of life. But also it, it made us realize that doing this, doing service fuels both a passion for an involvement, but also a passion for community change. And yeah. That's wonderful. I love that you guys sent out a, so you're a youth group and you asked for additional youth input. You didn't just decide for your schools, you engaged your, your entire school, um, school in looking at what issues they wanted to address. So, um, so talk about relationship building and, and making sure people feel empowered and, and included. Um, that's, that's wonderful. So, we do have to take another quick break, but again, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation. We have Karen um, Osdahl from uh, Castle with us. We have our 212 leadership team. So stay with me, Amy Muir's on the power of young people to change the world, Voice America Empowerment Radio. We'll be right back.
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. are listening to the power of young people to change the world with amy muirs to find out more about amy and the national youth leadership council please visit nylc.org now back to the show Welcome back, everyone. Um, If you're just joining us, today we're discussing social and emotional learning and how together with service learning, these two approaches really develop and prepare our young people as contributing members of our communities. Um, We're here with Karen from Castle. And um, Karen, we've heard some really great um, information and stories from from our 212 leadership group here. I'm curious um, if you've heard about challenges that our educators um, have had in building relationship with students, or if you yourself, um, when you were in the schools, um, what what were the challenges that you faced, and how did you use service learning to overcome those challenges in building those relationships? Yeah, it's such a great question. Um, I think one of the, you know, the biggest currencies we have in schools and educational systems, I think, is time often. And I think most teachers come to the profession wanting to build these relationships, really having SEL at the core, probably why they wanted to be a teacher, um, but often don't necessarily feel empowered to prioritize SEL or feel like they have to cover a certain amount of content. And, um, even if they know SEL is important, they may lose the sense of actually, if I take the time to build the relationships, then that will lead to deeper, more effective learning for my students overall. So I think that's really the struggle that I've seen. I mean, be curious to hear what the young people themselves have to say, but that's the struggle I've seen and heard from teachers. Yeah, 
Yeah, time is always, there's never enough hours in the day. And I think that's why when we talk about service learning as an organization, it's a new or a different way of teaching instead of an addition to. Um, right. Unless you have the opportunity to have like a 212 leadership group in your high school or in your middle schools, um, which we would encourage as well, right? These guys are doing amazing yeah. things. <laughs> um, Absolutely. So, um, Koi, um, how um, have you experienced growth um, through service learning um, as part of the 212 leadership group? Well, actually, going back to what um, Karen said about the relationship between teachers and students, that's one thing that I feel I've grown in like a ton because I knew, well, actually, in the beginning of the year, our first actual meeting, Julia had asked us um, what we all wanted to get out of this 212 experience. And I know for myself, one of my goals was to feel more comfortable reaching out to not only like just kids that I don't know, but also adults and building that youth adult uh, partnership has become like a huge role, my role in this cabinet. Um, actually, Mr. Beaton, our principal, at this point, he knows all of us by first name, which I'm incredibly proud of. And that's also on him too. Like he's a great principal in terms of connecting with the kids. But going back to the question, I feel I've definitely grown in my confidence and being able to reach out to a bunch of people. And also at, at the beginning anyway, um, so each of our group meetings, we split up the 300 kids between the five of us. So we have however many that divides out to be. I don't want to do math right now, but in each of our group chats, that's a lot of people. And it's kind of daunting at first when you've never sent a message because these are our peers. It's not like we're talking down to them. And oftentimes they don't respond. But like now at this point in the year, I'm super comfortable just reaching out and saying like, hey, guys, like come listen to this podcast or anything like that. But my confidence in reaching out and branching out to adults and peers alike. I've grown a lot. Is it wrong that I'm actually, I was glad to hear that you said that they don't respond to you. Um, I feel like whenever I send out a group text to some of our our youth leaders um, that when I don't get a response, I'm like, well, hopefully they got it. So I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> yeah, that's totally just like a teenage thing. If we see something and we feel like the sender doesn't need a response, chances are we're not going to respond. <laughs> Good to know. Everybody write that down. Um, uh, Annalie, um, how about yourself? How have you experienced um, growth um, as part of these experiences? Uh, yeah, so I think that I've really grown as a leader and kind of learned about myself. Like I talked about before about being a North leader, I've kind of learned about myself and how I need to be as a leader. I think something really big that I learned is that being a leader isn't always being the person in charge, which I think is something a lot of people can learn because you can still be a leader and people can still look up to you without you being the person in charge of the project or in charge of the event. I think that I've also really grown because something I wanted coming into high school as a freshman, I wanted to really build a habit of being a um a volunteer and a habit of having service as a part of my life every day. And so that's why I joined 212. And then going on after four years, I still would say that I'm so glad I joined 212 specifically to build that habit before heading off to college. We Something that's really important is instilling the leadership and instilling the volunteering in children and in teenagers before they head off to college and before they become adults. 
so that it's a habit and it's something that everyone wants to do. I love that, right? So scaffolding, we start when we're in kindergarten with those baby steps so that it becomes a lifelong commitment to serve. I love that. Thank you, Annalie. I'm wondering, so I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit um, because you talk, um, you guys have talked a lot about kind of the leadership styles. I know the leadership compass was part of um, your grounding. Um, And for those who don't know, that's a tool that um, we at NYLC use to help you identify your strengths. So um, when you're talking about um, leadership styles and can you talk? Can you explain to our listeners just a little bit more about what that looks like um, in your group? Yeah, of course. That's actually a really great question. So, in our group, we're all at the same level, whether it be the five high schoolers or Julie, our adult partner. We all have. We chose at the beginning of the year. We were given an option to do this however we want. We run the meetings ourselves. Julie's really just there to kind of push us along and help us. But we were given an option to choose, do we each want to work together on stuff or do we want to each take the lead of things and each have like a title? And we chose as a cabinet to all just work together. And so doing the leadership compass at the beginning of the year really helped us to be able to work together because like I said earlier, I know that I'm someone that likes to just take charge and plan and get everything done right away. But there are other people in our group that their main focus when they're being a leader is the empathy and the compassion. And I know that that's not my strong suit. So if that's needed, I know that I need to consciously do that and consciously choose how to lead and not just step back into habits and just take charge and be like, we're doing this, this and this. And I know that that's not my strength. And we all know things that are our strengths. And our weaknesses, and I think it's just as important to know our weaknesses and to accept them and keep moving forward with it instead of being like, I'm not very good at that, so I'm just going to let someone else step forward. So we all work together in being a cohesive group and in knowing our strengths and knowing our weaknesses. That's wonderful. Thanks for sharing more about that because I think it's such an important part of of grounding um, within ourselves, like knowing ourselves and what we what we bring to the table and what we need to be aware of. Um, and that's just an important important part of our own leadership development. So I'm going to turn back to Karen here, and I'm wondering, Karen, if there do you have any practical advice for educators who want to bring SEL and service learning into their instruction? Yeah, I mean, I think my first piece of advice would be just to do that. Um, that clearly it is good for students and it's good for you as an educator in terms of that meaning and relevance and connection with your students and with the world around them. So you know, I think a good way to start is probably looking at your existing units or um, curriculum lesson plans that you have, because there are probably already SEL skills embedded there, but it's about how do we call those out explicitly and then allow students to reflect on whatever those skills might be, just as they're reflecting on their math development or their science development. Um, and similarly, there are opportunities to connect to service learning and your existing teaching, and it's just about building that time in and seeing the rewards and the learning that really come from it. Um, And then I'd say lean on your students. Uh, Clearly, our students are ready to co-create with us to lead in these ways. And 
work with your um, colleagues in other subject areas to find these really powerful learning opportunities. So uh, just get started, just try it. And I think it will be um, contagious and in, in a good way. Wonderful. I love just get started. Don't be afraid. Jump in, right? (laughs) When you hear um, the amazing stories that these young people, like um, our our young leaders from 212 are sharing, it's like it has to be um, an igniter, right, for for trying something new like this and and tackling. So compelling. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to put our 212 group on the spot um, and just ask if if they have any advice that they have for educators who want to do this um, in their um, in their classrooms or bring it to their school, um, is there would one of you guys like to respond to that? Yeah, sure, I'll respond to that. So I think some advice that we can give to our educators and to our school is just that the students, especially high school students, we really also like we're adults now too, and we're growing to be adults. So we just want a very mature relationship and we want more freedom. But at the same time, sometimes we're overseeing it because we're still students that the freedom is a little bit scary. So it's so nice to have a teacher being there being like, you can do whatever you want, but here's some restrictions. And at least personally, that's some advice that I would share with a teacher. Love that. So providing more of the framework, is that would that be an okay way yeah. to state that? Yes, okay. Thank you. Providing that support. Yep. Yeah. It's scary to be just yeah, throwing out and say, do whatever you want. But <laughs> yeah, we we all need a little uh a little hand holding sometimes. I don't know if that's the right way to say that, but definitely providing that support. Um, and I know you have that in Julie. I've heard you guys talk about that. So um, that's wonderful. Thank you for answering that question. So we do need to take one last short break, um, but when we come back, we'll get some final reflect reflections from our guests today. So stay with me, Amy Muir's on the power of young people to change the world. And remember to follow the show on social media, Um, You can find us at nylc.org or um, visit our website at nylc.org. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit NYLC.org to learn more today. 
What's the difference between leaders who achieve exceptional results with ease and those who struggle to keep up? Tune in for Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. You'll discover the simple practices that are making the biggest difference to a leader's success today. You'll meet leaders who are bringing out the best in their teams. You'll gain practical strategies to lead yourself and others to high performance with ease. Leading on Purpose airs live Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Oh, welcome back, everyone. In our last few minutes, I really want to just focus um, in and get some final reflections from our guests today. And Karen, I thought we'd start with you. Just some final thoughts on the role of SEL in service learning um, in developing our students. Thanks, Amy. Yeah, I mean, I think this conversation has really motivated me even more about the important connection of these two pieces of development for students. And you know, as you think about this last year, what clearly what families want, what students want, what our teachers want, what our communities and world needs is students that have these type of skills who can work together, who can recognize problems and solve them together, who are contributing to moving our world towards a more just community. Um, and, you know, if we allow schools to be a space where that can happen, ultimately all of the learning will be deeper, the relationships will be sustained, and I think the sense of well-being for educators and students will be much higher. So, you know, we've got laid bare some pretty deep inequities in our in our world this past year. And I think clearly the people uh, on this radio show and the students all over the country are ready to help solve those Absolutely. Absolutely. And we know that these two forms of instruction, especially when they're combined, will support those young people in in not only in taking action, but in processing and developing the relationships and the partnerships they need to be successful. So thank you for sharing. Thank you, Amy. So our 212 leadership crew, I keep changing your group, team, and now your crew. (laughs) <laughs> so our 212 leadership crew. So if you could share um, with our audience one thing that you have um, that you would have them take away from um, this show that you would take away from your service learning experiences, what would that be? How about um, Anna Lee? Yes. Also, I like crew. That's a good one. You like but, crew? Good. Yeah. Something, <laughs> something I would take away, especially over the past year being a leader of the service learning, I would really take away that planning is super important because sometimes, especially the five of us all being friends, we get so excited about a project we're going to do or an event we're planning that we just want to jump ahead and we just want to go with it and start the event, start the project as soon as we can. But then we need to remember that we really need to take a step back and look at the big picture and plan for every single moment from the day we start to the day that the event actually is or the day that the service actually occurs. Because we've learned that 
sometimes if you even miss the smallest thing, the event won't turn out how we wanted it or it'll fall through and something will just happen that can be super disappointing when we're so excited about what we're planning. And we want to get everyone around us so excited. So we want to start promoting our events right away. But then we remember that we have to step back and kind of like Koi mentioned earlier, we have to talk to the administration. We have to get everything planned before we can go ahead and get the okay to start planning and to have the event. Awesome. Great advice. Great advice. Koi, how about you? For me, uh, this might sound kind of tacky, but like the main thing that I've learned from my service, service learning experience, especially through this past year, is like the soft skills, uh, compassion and empathy, especially in that I'm just a normal high schooler, essentially. And sometimes it's really easy to get wrapped up in like all the madness that's going on and to be a part of a group where we address so many different issues on the forefront of other people's minds and not particularly my own has taught me like a lot of perspective. And I've always wanted to help people, of course, otherwise I wouldn't be on this cabinet. But I've the main thing that I've taken away is that you have to want to help people to be able to help people. And I've been able to find that motivation to want to help people a lot more than I would have had I not participated in this in this experience. That's beautiful. I love that. You have to want to help people to be able to help people. Very well said. Um, Anika, how about you? Um, so like kind of linking onto what Koi said, with us being a cabinet, we all became really good friends and we all started to work as like a team and like a well-oiled machine throughout the year. And I think it's really important to have a team that like has different parts to it. As Annalie was saying about the leadership compass, I thought it was really nice to have people with different perspectives and also a team with youth and adult relationships throughout the school, like with administration was really nice because we always knew that we would have someone to go to if we wanted to plan a certain thing. And we'd always know that they'd have our back because we had that relationship we built with them already. And so I thought being the importance of being a team and working with other people is really important to for us organizing these uh, service learning experiences. It's wonderful. Coming back to relationships. I love it. Um, so, um, Lizzie, I have a different. So I hear you guys have a really unique way that you end all of your um, 212 meetings. Do you want to share? Yeah. So I think one of the greatest things about this group is we're always really just energetic and like want to have fun. And we really want to make the most of this experience. And I feel like that comes across each week in our meetings. And we just try to keep up the fun energy because at the end of the day, it is about like staying connected and having a good time. So at the end of every meeting, we've made a tradition of telling a dad joke. So in the spirit of that, I'd love to tell a dad joke to everyone. It's all yours. Go for it. All right. So what do volunteers clean up outside of libraries? What do volunteers we don't know. clean up? I have no idea. No, <laughs> none of us know. <laughs> Literature. Oh, uh-huh. oh my. everybody groaned. Everybody's <laughs> groaning across the world at this moment. Literature. 
That's a, that's a perfect, perfect way to end. Um, I do want to thank each of you for joining me here today. Annalie, Koi, Annika, Lizzie, your 212 Leadership Crew is such an amazing example of how service learning and social and emotional learning are creating caring and committing citizens. Um, we need more of you. So thank you guys for being here. Karen, thank you for coming on the show, sharing your knowledge and expertise with us and for all the great work that Castle is doing. Um, I do want to say if you want to learn more about Castle and social emotional learning, visit their website at Castle. That's C-A-S-E-L.org. They have great resources and are just an amazing organization. I want to encourage you all to download that new report from Civic and read more about their key findings. So that's available at civicllc.com. And I do want to take this opportunity to thank the Allstate Foundation for their support of service learning and social and emotional learning. We had a great thought leader session um, on this topic at our last week's National Service Learning Conference. And you can still access that at our website, nylc.org. And if you're interested in learning more about service learning, you just want to get started. Like Karen said, just get started. We have a newly revised and updated get it. Getting Started in Service Learning book, um, and it's available free from our website. Uh, next week's show, we're going to have a great conversation with three amazing people from the International School of Johannesburg in South Africa. We're going to talk sustainability, gender-based violence, and ice hockey. Yep, I said ice hockey. We have educator Betty Sikazing. 11th grader Anna Margot Brantley and 9th grader uh, Shanza Hader. So mark your calendars for Thursdays at 6 o'clock Eastern. And if you're a young person um, who is excited about changing the world or you're an educator who is supporting young people through service learning, um, email me at info, I-N-F-O, at nylc.org, and we'll uh, see about having you join us on the show. Until next week, please don't be afraid to serve, learn, change the world. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Thank you for tuning in this week to The Power of Young People to Change the World. Your host, Amy Muirs, will return for another program next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll serve, learn, change the world.